0: I have used and worked with computers for a very long time, using many different computers, many operating systems in many different roles over many years. When I was very young, my dad, a school teacher, used to bring home an Apple II computer, and that's what Apple computers brought out way before they first brought out the very first Apple Macintosh. This is going way, way back. Um, yes, I am that ancient. Uh, He he brought home an Apple II computer over the school holidays so the computer lab at the school wasn't a target of thieves. Before university, my dad bought a really old-style computer now, um, amazing 25 megahertz um, speed, um, with an early version of Windows. And at university, I used screens which were connected to a big computer in a different place at the university. They call it a mainframe. I've upgraded PCs with new and replacement parts many times, mostly my own PC. After university, I worked as a tutor and a teacher at TAFE in the information technology area, where I taught and I supervised students on computer software, which is what you basically see on the screen, the programs, the... The, the apps um, is a more common usage today, so I'll continue to use that. Um, an example of one is Microsoft Word, um, a word processing application. I also taught and supervised students on computer hardware, all the physical bits and pieces of a computer that get put together. And I've supervised building, taking apart the computers and. and and doing that sort of thing. I've worked as a computer technician, servicing many computers at TAFE, and I've also worked in various state government departments, which always have a heap of computers everywhere. I've also worked briefly as a computer hardware salesperson, which was a bad match, as I'm not much of a salesperson myself, and it didn't last that long. I've said all of that not so I could give my resume, but so that I can say this. I've pretty much seen it all, all read about it, all the good and the bad of using computers. And one thing that I've seen over and over again are glitches. Those seemingly random things that happen once and never seem to happen again, or there's a long time between them. An app could crash or stop responding or display something weirdly, but when you close it down and you open it up back again, it's fine. I could see what is commonly known as a blue screen of death where the operating system got in such a mess that it had to shut down completely and then you restart the computer and everything's fine. I've seen computer monitors, computer screens have all fuzzy lines and after turning them off and on again they seem to be fine. Sometimes the glitch is even caused by the user making an error themselves. If a person complains that their documents are missing and they clicked yes to the message do you want to delete all files in this folder, then it's not a problem with either the hardware or the software, it's the person sitting in front of the computer instead. Well, one thing I've learned again and again is that a glitch is never a glitch. A glitch is never an isolated incident that means nothing and is fine afterwards. There's always an underlying problem that needs to be resolved. It could be as simple as a person who accidentally deleted all of their files. What's the underlying problem? Well, they need training. They don't need know how to use the computer pro- properly. And one thing that you need to know about computers is that computers are really dumb. They do exactly what you ask them to. Whether that's the person writing the software, things that people use, or even people designing the, the bits and pieces that make up a computer. Computers are really dumb. They're only as intelligent as the people who create them and create things for them. The underlying problem, um, there could be a poorly written app that has a lot of bugs in it. Bugs are just errors, mistakes, things that aren't meant to be there. Um, And it has weird behavior or crashes because of that. What's the underlying problem? Well, there's bugs. They need to be fixed for everything to work properly. It could be a poorly written operating system that doesn't handle apps being run over and over again, closed down, and then something happens and then boom. Um, You get that blue screen of death or, or something like that. Everything freezes. If you're lucky, the operating system gets fixed in a patch that fixes many bugs and doesn't introduce many other bugs in their place. That's always usually what happens. But more often than not, most of the glitches are caused by a piece of hardware. One of the components of the computer, one of the bits and pieces that make up that physical thing that you're holding in your hand starting to fail. Even things that seem to be a problem with an app or the operating system can be caused by a problem with the hardware. That's the real underlying problem. It's a warning signal that things will gradually get worse if the problem isn't addressed. With things like computer monitors, when they start getting those fuzzy things, it's like, okay, I know what's going to happen from here. It's not going to get better, it's going to get worse. Because there's there's a problem inside that, that screen, that monitor. The important thing to note is that for every glitch, there is an underlying problem. It never just happens on on its own. And it never just happens in isolation to everything else. There's always a root cause that needs to be addressed, replaced or fixed. It could be one of three things. Either you're using it incorrectly or there's a bug in the software or a piece of hardware is starting to fail. There's always a root cause, an underlying problem, something that needs to be addressed. This message is titled, A Glitch in the System. Why have I said all of that? Because it's the same with each of our individual walks with God as well. When we sin, when we fail God, when we mess up and fall down flat on our faces, we can sweep it under the rug and treat it like it's a glitch. Sure, we repent of it, but then we move on and try to forget that it ever happened. Yes, it's good to be ashamed when we mess up. But if we ignore what just happened, we're just setting ourselves up for another failure. You see, sin or disobedience to God never happens in isolation. It's not a glitch where we can say, Oh, I don't know where that came from. Oh, well, I'll do better next time. No, there is always an underlying cause. That goes deeper than what we see on the surface, our action, what we said, what we thought. By not addressing the actual problem, we are opening the door for it to happen again. And we get regular glitches in our walks with God. It keeps happening again and again. We can even act mystified as to why it keeps happening. But the reason why it happens again or even only one time is because the underlying problem is not resolved. Only the superficial problem has been dealt with, and the actual problem is still festering inside of you. In biological terms, when something keeps festering, it always, underneath the surface, it always comes out somewhere. It always breaks out. You can deal with each breakout individually, but if the root cause of that festering isn't dealt with, it will happen again and again and again. And you will get sicker and sicker spiritually as you wallpaper over the cracks, time and time again. You deal with the little spot fires instead of dealing with that raging inferno inside. It could be as simple as a lack of submission to God or to godly authority in your life. When God tells you to do something through the Holy Spirit or through His Word or through the anointed preaching or through the pastor, do you actually do it? Or do you grumble? Do you try to find ways around what God wants you to do or ways to partially do what he is asking? Or do you live life as close to the edge of the line that has been set as possible? You can say you're submitted. You can act like you're submitted. You can even tick all of the boxes. But if you're not really submitted, then it's going to show somewhere. A situation will catch you off guard and the real you will come out. It will manifest Or you will find yourself giving backhanded compliments to godly authority or even about God himself. And you might even be shocked at your response. That's not me. I'm not like that. I'm submitted. Yet, you might even have yourself fooled. But there's a glitch in your perfect performance. And that glitch always points to something deeper. There's an issue that has never been dealt with. It's never been resolved inside your heart and it will fester and come back to bite you again and again. That's because there's an issue with your heart, not the thing that pumps in your chest, but the, the seed of your emotions, the, the, the thing that drives you, the core of your being. That's because there's an issue with your heart, not your actions. The problem goes way deeper than your words. Just like Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 7 and verse 20, and he said, That which comes out of the man, that defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So, these things, if we find ourselves doing them, that, that's not just something that's on the surface. That's something that comes from within here. And it, it makes us unclean. It makes us dirty inside. It makes us sinful. It, it drives us away from God. Or it could be an obsession, even an addiction. Brother Don Monterelli, pastor of the Northern Beaches Pentecostal Church in Sydney, had a tagline at the bottom of his emails for years. It read, any obsession is a clear manifestation of a need unfulfilled by Christ. I'll read it again. Any obsession is a clear manifestation of a need unfulfilled by Christ. So any obsession that we have is something that's coming out, showing that there's something within us, there's a need that we have that Jesus isn't. We are not allowing Jesus to, to deal with. We're not allowing Jesus to to fill, to to make better. And that tagline is something that was confronting and challenging to me. An obsession will cause you to spend hours on something that doesn't really matter. You can almost be in a stupor or a daze as you almost mindlessly repeat the same actions over and over again. An obsession will cause you to want more and more and more stuff and never be satisfied because that will never satisfy. An obsession goes beyond having a hobby or some downtime. There's nothing wrong with those, but an obsession is something deeper that goes into the very core of your being and it drives our choices and our actions. We hear about people being addicted to social media nowadays, continually checking their phones for any updates or scrolling through endless posts to keep fully updated. There's a need for instant gratification, an unwillingness to wait, to have it all, FOMO, fear of missing out. It drives many people today, and if we're not careful, it can get a hold of us too. We can find ourselves scrolling for hours looking for something that's not even important. It's not just a temporary glitch that doesn't mean anything. The people in the world out there have a huge hole in their spirit. They don't have Jesus. And they're trying to fill that emptiness, that loneliness, the depression with something else that can never satisfy. So why should it affect us? We're in the church. If we have the Holy Ghost, we already have Jesus living inside of us. We have everything that the world keeps searching for and everything that they and we need. But... There's something broken inside of us. There's something that needs to be fixed. There's a need that we haven't allowed Jesus to fix. There's something we haven't fully surrendered to Him. There's a part of us that we're hiding that we won't allow Jesus to heal and to mend. And it comes out in our actions. It could be hurts from the past. It could be a dissatisfaction with where we are in our walk with God. And Jesus is trying to draw us deeper and closer. But we aren't listening. Or we aren't prepared to make the sacrifice or the changes that are necessary to do what God wants us to do. It could, as Sister Katerina interpreted this morning, it could be a lack of consecration in our lives. We need to be consecrated. We need to be committed. We need to be, have our minds and our hearts and our focus set on Jesus and on doing what he wants us to do. It could be frustration or disillusionment with the bad situation we find ourselves in and we aren't willing to trust God. If we have an inner loneliness in the church, there's something that needs to be fixed because Jesus has given us the church. Jesus has given us himself and he doesn't ever want us to feel lonely. There's something wrong with your relationship with Jesus when these things happen. It's not just something that just happens. It's not just something that it's a glitch. But there's a deeper problem that Jesus needs to look at in our lives. There's something that needs to be dealt with. There's a need that isn't being fulfilled by Jesus, and it can only be fulfilled by Jesus and Jesus alone. First Peter 5 and 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. There needs to be a submission that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. We can be filled with cares, but Jesus doesn't want us to carry those. Ephesians 5, verse 1, Be therefore, followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour. But fornication and all uncleanness, and that uncleanness is not of body, but it's of spirit. It's inside you. Or covetousness, wondering what someone else has, let it not be once named among you as become saints. Those things are things that will get a hold of you. In general, all sin has the ability to get a hold of people. Because sin is sin, the flesh loves it. Flesh loves sin. Flesh loves anything that that God hates. But when we submit ourselves to Jesus, it shouldn't be named among us. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. We need to be thankful to the Lord every moment of every day. Because when we are unthankful, we... We can get bitter. We can get all sorts of problems in here that will show on the outside. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. High stakes. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness. The prophecy this morning talked about darkness and light. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We don't need to do those things because God has delivered us. God, and when we are fully consecrated, when we allow Him to deal with the hidden things of our heart, when we allow Him to deal with the the root cause of the, the reason why we, we disobey Him, why we fall into sin, then He will bring light into our lives and we can walk as children in lo- of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, get rid of them, push them away, Speak to them like they really are. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret, let alone do them yourselves. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore, he says, awake you that sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Allow him to deal with that part of you that is coming out in these unexpected ways that we didn't think were us, that that Jesus deal with what is right there, right in the very centre of your heart. See then that you walk second not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We live in evil days. Wherefore, be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. The wine leads to addiction in many, many people. But the principle is excess. Anything that we take to excess is damaging to us. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. These are the things That will draw us closer to God, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Hebrews 13:5 says, Let your conversation, your walk with God, be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We don't need to want what somebody else has, because God is going to look after our needs here and now. So that we may boldly say, not just just acknowledge, yeah, okay, yeah, the the Lord's, the Lord's been with me. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Because he comes through in a way that is powerful, that is mighty, that is greater than we ever thought possible. The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. If I could get someone to the piano this morning, please. We've been approaching our walks with God wrong. We've been approaching our failures and our disobediences wrong. We've tried to sweep sin under the carpet without ever dealing with the root cause. It might be too painful to think about. It might be something that we're just too afraid to uncover because we know we're not going to like what we find. Everything we do against God or his people has a deeper meaning. There's something deep that needs to be healed. There's a dissatisfaction that needs to be satisfied by Jesus. It can't be satisfied anywhere else. Not with anybody else. Not with anything. Not with any action. The more you try to fill it with something other than Jesus, the worse it will become. You can try to push it down as much as you can, but it's going to show. It's going to come out. There's going to be something that reveals, that manifests who you really are inside. I believe that we could all afford to spend some time with the altar this morning. If there's something that you're struggling with that I haven't mentioned, you know what it is. You don't get a free pass. The same principles still apply. There's something that Jesus needs to heal There's a need that needs to be submitted to Jesus. Don't just look at the superficial actions that you've done or the thoughts that you've thought. There's something deeper going on. You need to look at your heart. You need to lay your heart before God this morning and ask Him to reveal it to you. If you really don't know what's going on and ask Him to reveal it to you, He will. He will. But be prepared to let Jesus take it away to deal with that problem within you. Only by dealing with the root cause can we truly grow and please God. The more we resist or hold back in fear of what God might ask us to do or take away from us, the worse it will get. God may not need to take anything away from you, but he will need to do some emergency surgery on your heart because there's something in there. There's a festering. There's something that's getting worse and worse There's a raging fire, a volcano within you that's going to come out. Something will need to change inside you. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves back at the same place again. Square one, ground zero. Having failed God again and wondering why. Jesus deserves better than that from us. We need to let him deal with our hearts, with the root cause of the problem, that issue that just keeps coming back, keeps tormenting us because we haven't let him deal with the actual cause of the problem, just the little bits that show on the surface. Would you stand this morning? I'm going to open up the front of the church. It's not about perfection, but it's about growth. It's not about us never making a mistake, but it's dealing with the root cause when it happens. So I invite you, please come. Please pour out your heart before the Lord this morning. You know yourself. You know what you've been struggling with. You know what you haven't been able to get victory over. Increase your consecration this morning, as the tongue interpretation said. Come before him. Let him deal with that part of you that's too painful. That part of you, that's just going to get worse and worse because only Jesus can change our hearts. We can't do it. Our heart is deceitful and it's wicked and it will take us down the wrong path every single time. But Jesus will guide us in the right path. So I invite you to come this morning. Pour out your heart before the Lord, letting him Deal with that hurt and pour in the thing that will soothe it and make it whole again.